Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And on this week's episode, we're talking Season 1, Episode 17, EBE. EBE, Josh. EBE. Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. Indeed. I am going to come out of the gate and just tell you I'm a big fan of this episode. Yeah. I don't think that's a real controversial stance. Um, when we were picking back and forth, it was always kind of on the radar, much like the extraterrestrials for this poor Iraqi pilot. <laughs> <laughs> um, poor I, Iraqi pilot? That's the last Iraqi pilot to get an air-to-air kill since the fucking <laughs> Iran-Iraq <laughs> war. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Feel I was just no gonna sympathy say, un- for that man. Uh, I was just going to say, unlike the Iraqi pilot, I did not pull the trigger on this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the puns will be here all night. That's where you tune in every week. Uh, speaking of which, thanks to anyone who's in the live chat. Hello. I don't even have my chat room open. So wow. I'm going to do that while you uh, give me your opening impressions on this bad Larry. Yeah, this is one that, uh, you're right. It's kind of, it lingers right there on the, man, like one of us should have picked this at some point. It's such a... It's such a strong season one episode, especially as it comes to the the alien mythology and even more than that, the just the conspiratorial feel of the X Files. This one is dripping in it. It's it's sauce. got some great <laughs> great so great sauce. It's got some the good uh, sauce though. I don't mean like fox sauce. No, no fox sauce. No, that, a very okay. very very pure X-Files sauce. We get um, we get our first appearance of Lone Gunman, which is something I love in the X-Files. Yep. We get some really good uh, deep throat time in a way that makes sense versus, you know, we talked about that last time around where kind of shoehorned him, shoehorned him in. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's here because it's a government conspiracy too because – Right, right. <laughs> because X Files, but this is this is appropriate, and all the 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 truth and the lies and the all that talk, man, is so it's so awesome. Mm. And this is this is season one, late season one, but well before the mythology got so convoluted that it was kind of just you know writers kind of had to chase their own tails to to make more space for it. Here, it's just they had such a a barely touched canvas and they could really have fun with layering it in here. And, uh, and it's great, man. This is a, you know, if not an all time, uh, X files episode, I would, this is never going to crack. Definitely not my top 10, probably not my top 20. Um, but, it, but close, it would definitely be in the running and, uh, yeah. Excited to talk about this baby. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this to, to celebrate, there's a lot of great writing and callbacks and things set up in the episode that return at the end of the episode. This was a very well thought out and well executed plot line. Um, it's executed well, and there's no real, there's no real bonehead stuff. Nothing, nothing too crazy, I would say. Yeah, we can talk about the logistics of transporting an alien body because that sure. came up in my mind. Yeah, like where it was, where it landed via plane, and why we're driving all the way across the country with it kind of thing. (laughs) Like, just fly it to Seattle, guys, and then a much shorter drive kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Ah, 
I gotta tell you, man. I have a. I have a real. I I have a. I love stories that take place around something being transported long distances with some intrigue around it and trying to find it or what it would even be like to be in Ranheim's position. Like his story is interesting to me. This job. I just think that would make a cool short story. That is very cool. And there there's something about that. There's something about the the transporting, you know, a, a valuable item whether it's by rail, by truck, by YT 1300. Right. Oh, dude, there's Hell so yeah. many, <laughs> so many classic stories that come down to that. Um, and you know what happens in the route? Does somebody intercept it? Um, it it's awesome. And and X Files dips into it a couple times. There's a couple good ones that happen uh, later on, especially yeah. on rail cars. Sure. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that aspect for sure. And Ranheim, uh, hey man. Dedicated. I like him. Dedicated. I like that character. That's why we gave him a little shout out early uh, during the live stuff. But let's go to our Iraqi pilot and let's go to him uh, engaging and destroying an unidentified flying object, um, which I guess lands on the Turkey-Iraq border. And um, these uh, these boys are going to go after it. But what do you think about this opening? Um, well, <clears throat> it's for sure, unfortunately constricted by the budget of a TV show in 1993. You so. like the, uh, you like the top gun close up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the fucking wide eyed. He's like cougar trying to land the fucking F 14. I can't do it. I need Maverick to come over and talk me down. The missile launch looks like a fucking <laughs> Roman candle off your back porch. And <laughs> yes. <dude. laughs> and, uh, with the Iraqi uh, air force, it's probably not far off. Wow. Oh boy. Oh boy. And he gets a kill on this thing. With a Roman candle rocket. With a Roman candle rocket. I mean, how Those, close do you think he had to get? Like 30 that, feet? How many light years did that thing travel to get brought down <laughs> by... The fearsome Iraqi Navy? Yeah. Or Air Force. Air Force, excuse me. Man, I don't know. That's a, that's a bummer. What, what, what about that? We well, you know, we're talking about Ranheim's story. What about that guy's story? Like the Schmer- Spalitude? Yeah, no, like Schmergelberg. Right, some guy from. Let's just, just think about him coming from Rick and Morty universe. His name's Schmerlberg. He's like, <laughs> I finally made it to Earth, and he just gets engaged and destroyed by a <laughs> shitty airplane. Just getting He's smoked, dead. He, they're, they're probably on like a sightseeing tour. Like, <laughs> oh, here, here out your window. Like, imagine, imagine being in like an aircraft, like a modern aircraft, and looking at a hot air balloon, and all of a sudden the hot <laughs> air balloon shoots your ass out of the sky. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, there's a fucking. Goddamn 18-inch cannon on the thing. What the? <laughs> well, um, gone but there's down. A, and there's also something cool about... We, we brought this up earlier in the season um, when we talked about good old Phoebe Green. But it's cool to bring international stuff into X-Files because it's a show about, um, about a couple FBI agents, so that is intrinsically a, a United States kind of thing. Sure. So it is kind of cool to whenever we get a, a glimpse out into the bigger world. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid and I didn't know anything about these government agencies, it was always, I always thought like, oh, well, the FBI. And then when they said the CIA, I was like, oh, you guys are so fucked. <laughs> CIA's here, dudes. No way. You know, I was always, and, it, and you know, that I felt those, I felt, I felt those tinglings returning from my childhood into this when the CIA was involved and Mulder and Scully 
kind of felt like they were in this position of inferiority and somebody was watching them and they were getting bugged. I liked it. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, he, uh, he spots this thing and it lands over the Turkish border, I guess, right? And sure. our, our, our boys there in the NATO monitoring station are, are running out to check it out. And that's cues to our credits. And we come right back from that into uh, Tennessee. Regan, Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee, man, where, uh, where a man with a beautiful pistol grip pump and a, a very stylish, a very smooth leather jacket. And uh, doesn't look like you would imagine a truck driver would look like, not in that leather jacket. That seems very impractical. Um, and I almost like that in retrospect. He's he's kind of sharp looking because of he's not an actual truck driver. He's this <laughs> black beret, you know, uh, elite guy from back in the day with this great yeah. task. And it's funny because you're suspicious almost immediately when you watch it. And, you know, I hadn't seen it in a while. And... I kind of was thinking to myself, is this guy something special? He's dressed kind of nice. Um, so that aspect of it still kind of worked to me. Yeah, it's great too when, uh, you know, especially for us, I think we're acclaimed X-Files apologists for certain <laughs> things. <laughs> so if something doesn't really smell right, but then that actually turns out to be a writing device, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, We don't right. have to make an excuse for why this guy <laughs> shouldn't be trucking this fucking thing around. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. Hey, did you catch the... Uh, the advertisement on the old uh, Grand Old Opry? I did not. Well, uh, it was brought to us by Goody's Headache Powder. Goody's for... Headache Powder. Dude, listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> listen to this read. For when the night went a little too long, the party a little too hearty, Goody's will straighten you out. Nice. Is that cocaine? <laughs> Gotta be. Are they advertising <laughs> cocaine? <laughs> That was on the radio while he was driving. Yeah, he's he's tuning into the radio, and then the radio loses reception. That's a I love that Classic. whenever they do that next files like that. Like and the radio starts jumping. He gets back on the CB, and then that is awesome, man. When the he hears all this traffic, people are like almost talking over each other about um, oh, multiple sighting, uh, like cigar shaped, uh, very uh, cool, uh, red, red and green lights, red and green lights. Uh, yeah, yeah, the cops chasing them. They're on, they're on I eighty five, whatever. And then we see from his perspective the cops like screaming by, and then uh, the truck just boom loses power. Yep, like an ion blast. You know what I like about that? You know, this is the very first moment of a piece of evidence that they establish because they know because they know the plot of the episode so well and they weren't bullshitting their way through this. They know to set that up now because it comes back later when they're going over the radio broadcasts. Yep. In the sightings. It's great. A subtle little thing that you may think is innocuous, or at least you take it at face value, which is, oh, they're reporting this thing, but then that comes back to aid in Scully and Mulder's investigation, and I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. There's a lot of tie-ins in this episode. They really they really make a lot of stuff work. Right. Uh, Mulder and Scully are on the scene, and uh, Scully's taking some macro shots, some close-ups. Scully suggests perhaps he was firing uh, his shotgun at a mountain lion. Or maybe the truck was struck by lightning. And Mulder, in turn, is responding to these plausible theories as interesting, feasible, sure. Meanwhile, Don't forget about swamp gas. Don't forget about swamp gas. She is towing the party line, man. She's just she, rattling through. She really is. A list. And uh, Mulder's like, yep, okay, all right. Yep, if you say so. All right. 
I get that from Dodger dogs. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and, Too many witnesses, uh, right? Mulder's not buying it. Too many witnesses. Other sightings have this. Uh, other sightings don't usually have this much anecdotal evidence. And he wonders why this truck driver was swept up into this whole thing. What, what not just part does he play? Not just anecdotal, but actual evidence and from right. Mulder's perspective, right, which will right. come back later because that's important when he doesn't find the evidence. The first mm. time Mulder ever in the history of the show says, no, it's not aliens. Very cool. Yep. Um, but Scully suggests that this is a random happenstance with the driver and the truck and where he is. Sure. Right. Um, but time. 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 The time I, thing is a consistent thing about how aliens in, in X-Files interact with our world. And we've it's it's come up before. It came up in the pilot. That is right. one of the, that is literally the very first quote unquote like supernatural experience that Mulder and Scully have is that car shutdown, electrical, much like this truck, and the time stop, the loss of time. And that's something interesting that we never really kind of got into. Um, and maybe it's because I just did a, uh, a little guest spot on Decipher Sci-Fi. Nice. That I love. Well, they, they really, instead of talking about the, the movie in question, they kind of talk more about the concepts behind it. But the, the concept of the time loss is really fucking fascinating. I love it. Because the thought of aliens that don't just have the technology to visit our planet, to you know fly around these crazy aircraft that, that defies all of our scientific understanding, but to manipulate time in a way we don't understand, that is... That's just cool sci-fi shit. And maybe not even on purpose, right? That's the other kind of interesting thing about it. Maybe it's just a byproduct of their visitation. Sure. Yeah, like maybe maybe it's not deliberate. Maybe it's just a... Yeah, their it, technology interacting with our world fucks it up or messes with our perception of time and shit. Yeah, I like it. Kind of cool. I like it. I mean, anytime you do time, anytime... When, whenever you have something happen... And then time has passed and you don't realize it. You feel like it hasn't. That's just an immediate intrigue to me. And it's, it makes you feel so vulnerable almost instantly. Yep. But the watch is doing weird things. So that's, that's also going to come back. That's, very, that's what leads him to think, to know it's a hoax later. Like you suggested the first time he says it's not aliens. Right. This is, this is as important for this scene as it is for, uh, even more for the later scene. But so... I do have a question. So sure. my only my only real nitpick with this episode is this stuff right here, which is their decision to not check the cargo on the open trailer after a shooting was reported. You don't yeah. you think they might have gone in a little bit on that? Yeah, especially when they like look in the back and it's like well, apparently nobody that works in the show has ever like packed a truck and realized <laughs> that that shit would be all over. Like nobody Nobody ever moved. No, no straps. Nobody's ever moved. <laughs> you have like a like a three quarters full truck, and those boxes aren't all the fuck over the place. That's funny. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of gotta you gotta you gotta hand wave that one. Yep. To make the whole yeah, thing work. and you gotta hand wave the whole fact that this thing, this alien entity, this EBE. <laughs> that was shot down over Iraq and recovered alive. Oh yeah, the transportation logistics. Yeah, really going with lowest, low, like lowest bidder. 
Well, well if we, they, if we they, send they, it by sea, <laughs> and then we can get on a trucking rate, you know, we can really save a lot of money versus tossing that thing on a C5 and flying it right off to the West Coast. That's, you know, fuel fuel's not cheap. Yeah, that's probably what happened, right? They were like, Let, what's the cheapest flight? Where can we fly out of for the least amount of money? I mean, I only have so many air points here, and uh, we're in a deficit that we can't manage. Scully's going to tell us about it later. So, uh, yeah, let's fly to Tennessee. But this leads us right into our, our first real interaction with Ranheim here. This is awesome. The interrogation. I'm a veteran how to handle the gun. He's not thrilled with the discharging a shotgun charge. The reason he's being detained, of course. Which or at least in the Tennessee is given. definitely bogus. It's totally bogus, right? Mulder asks him to elaborate. It was uh, round like a saucer, green with orange lights. He's talking about what he saw. But he says, yet last night it was reported differently, cigar-shaped and black. But this line of questioning is cut short when Ranheim begins coughing a bit. And uh, he says something about auto parts. Scully starts to question the cough. She's a doctor, so she zones, zeroes in on that immediately, that in the rash on his face, I guess. Yeah, he's got a pretty noticeable rash. He's got the cough. He mentioned being a vet. And um, this was something very much in the zeitgeist at the time was Gulf War syndrome. Yeah, like Agent Orange. <laughs> right. That That's exactly what it was cued off. And yep. and actually, you know what? I, I haven't looked into it recently by any means, but I know there was speculation about it being caused by, um, you know, they handled uh, at the time, like the uh, M1s, the tanks used depleted uranium. Sure. Um, shells. I don't know. I, I I have no idea where that that is at right now. But Gulf War syndrome was a fucking big thing in the '90s, man. I remember, and I and and I'm on the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs website right now, so publichealth.va.gov, and there and it's on there, and it essentially just says Gulf War veterans who meet the criteria below do not need to prove a connection between their military service and illness in order to receive disability compensation. So it's 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 at least gained enough attention to where it sounds like the VA covers it should you exhibit these symptoms. This is a very cursory look, by the way. Yeah, Pro- prominent um, convection. Uh, excuse me. Prominent uh, condition affecting Gulf War veterans is a cluster of medically unexplained chronic symptoms that include fatigue, headaches, joint pain, indigest- indigestion, insomnia, dizziness, respiratory disorders, and memory problems. Chronic multi-symptom illness. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. But they don't get much into it other than him saying, I, I wasn't in the Gulf War. I didn't serve in the Gulf War. Hmm. Because the chief busts in. And he's yes, like, you're good to go. Get out of here. We're very sorry for troubling you. That's a big deal. Chief Rivers himself decided to come down from whatever third floor office he was in and, and cut this guy loose. Which, when the chief makes an appearance, you know that he's getting pressure, which is exactly what Mulder says. And I like that. I like that right there. The chief comes down, not the fucking shift commander, not a lieutenant, not even a sergeant to cut him loose, not even a detective, if there even is one in that county. But they just cut him loose on the spot. Yep. And in this paradigm, one of two things. Uh, that's a senator's son, or he has got some pressure for a different reason. Indeed. And you know it's more that when he really pushes back. When Mulder just asked to like, all right, well, at least yeah. let's uh, let me get a look at the truck. And he he's not even subtle. He's like, get lost, go pound sand. He 
tells him to pound sand so hard because he's so hard. Because he says, you've gotten all you're going to get out of this county. Well then. <laughs> yeah. Like, he goes to a hotel. They're like, nope, sorry. Tennessee is fucking done with you. Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee's done with you. Move on, sir. Yeah. And they, uh, they leave there. And Mulder, Mulder takes a different tact here. He's going to rent a car. He cues off what um, Scully mentioned mm-hmm. ab- about the Gulf War syndrome. Yep. And he cues into a different line of reasoning that's ever come up about Gulf War syndrome. And what if instead of all those things that you know have been mentioned, what if it was caused by exposure to UFOs? <laughs> Classic mm. Mulder. And I do like that you know X Files does this at times where ufo you know ufo means unidentified flying object it doesn't right. mean a fucking alien spacecraft which is kind of just how you naturally think like that that's what the word means to most people or the, or the acronym right or yeah it's it's funny how it's funny how uh how words do that in our language like or in this case an acronym yeah but it um you know they talk about it more as a secret government aircraft perhaps mm, you know indeed. whatever which, of course, is derived from alien technology, but that it might be tied to something of however the propulsion system works or, or, or whatever. And Mulder says, I got a group back in D.C. <laughs> real straight shooters, real real professional, uh, top-tier top kind of guys top who tier. can get, give us some info on this shit. I mean, a, a, a level of professionalism that may surprise you. And dude, I love pretty awesome. I love the Lone Gunman. I love this scene. I love the scene. I love their introduction. I love these three characters, man. Uh, pretty much every time we see them in X Files, I'm just happy. They're, it's Melvin, Ringo, and who's the other one? <laughs> it's it's Frohickey, Langley, and Byers. Okay, Melvin Frohickey. I thought you were doing like, is that like a band I'm not aware oh, of? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, yeah, Frohickey, Melvin Frohickey, and then. Frohickey is the froggy looking one. Byers is the clean cut looking one. Got and it. Langley is the, the, um, Hanson brother looking. Roger that. Got long, long haired one. And, uh, dude, I just love these guys, man. Like the, this part of X-Files that, that Mulder, a goddamn FBI agent is, is, like going to these whack job conspiracy theorists and yeah, like especially in the beginning, they are absolute caricatures, but they're, they're cool. They're such a, like it's such a weird group. You have like, like buyers looks like he could be a fucking analyst in the FBI. Right. Langley looks like he should be at like a acid rock show. And, and certainly not within 500 feet of a school. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like he should be outside Scully's window with a <laughs> telezoom lens. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or watching Wayne's World in his basement. <laughs> oh, but man, I love these guys from the get-go. Carmelita says it in the chat. Lone Gunman, instantly lovable. It's true. He, the name itself, right? Lone Gunman, based off the whole JFK conspiracy. Sure. And the the irony, the hilarity of Lone Gunman as a plural, like a one-man wolf pack. Sure. Um, sure. It's fucking great. Uh, and, and what an intro to even start on that. I talked with a man who was in the Kratzy Knoll last night. <laughs> yeah, He's a lot older like, now. <laughs> just cue right off it. 
Boom, yep. they're firing that. They're firing different, like they just, and it's clear, like it shows they have this relationship with Mulder that, like, it's not, it's not a new thing. They, like, Mulder goes to these guys. He is tied in with these guys, and the yeah. shit they start rapping to him. Man. Scully is like, oh my God. Scully says the, the the most common retort to conspiracy theory, which is the government's inability to manage simple things like deficits and crimes. And he's like, well, we're not talking about the bones on Capitol Hill, man. We're talking about an elite group, a dark network, man. Black helicopters. I have seen the documents, Josh. I've heard the tapes. Right? Yep. $20, rips it, magnetic strip. She's like, okay, cute. That's countermeasures. And he's like, well, why not put it on the outside? I'm like every other country in the world. <laughs> That's not an argument, sir. <laughs> no. That's not an argument. That's not how debate works. Frohicky, she's hot. <laughs> of course. Creep. <laughs> um, it, but the best part about all this, the, the, the reason the payoff is so good, besides these guys end up being obviously recurring characters, is they spew all this insane nonsense. And then when Mulder brings up the, the Gulf War syndrome being caused by UFOs, they laugh at him. So good. I love the, uh, this is, this is great writing. It's the setting up of the expectations that they're going to fall right into it and then spinning them right in half. I mean, spinning them totally around. Yeah. It's just, it's just good. That's good writing. I love it. When, like when the whack jobs tell you you're crazy, you're either on to something or <laughs> <laughs> also Check it occurred yourself. to me that when I was talking about Wayne's world, I confused, uh, f- did I confuse Frohickey and Langley? Yeah, I did. So whatever. You- it oh, just yeah. occurred to me now. Langley's the guy with the longer hair. Frohickey's the creepier guy. Yeah. Got it. So, Frohickey, uh, frog looking. That's how, how I remember ah, it. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> well, later Scully calls them all paranoid. This shit is excellent. Where she just says, you know, he makes a nice quip. I think it is remotely plausible that someone think you're hot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. She Great goes on. Yeah, she goes on to talk about uh, the way they answer the phone, how their self delusion essentially makes them think that what they're doing is important. God, yep. that's true of so many paranoid people. hundred percent. And and the world we live in, the 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 Reddit and Twitterverse that we exist in, where it's it's you get so much more attention than than they even did back then. Oh yeah, where where conspiracy theories abound now. Mm. Um, and it's as much of a cult of personality as it is like any actual, you know, even pretense of, of a plausible fucking scenario. And they lack the charm of the lone gunman. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. But I love how they do the scene where Mm. she's talking, she's, she's just breaking this whole thing apart. And then it's very casual how she's, she's just having problem with her pen. Yeah. So a couple things here. (laughs) One, again, much like the scene before, we have an expectation to be set up. And in this, we have a very clever piece of writing, which is her discussing about how paranoid they are regarding their phone and how she thinks people are listening, how they think people are listening, when they are, in fact, being listened to. I love it. That's cool. That's cool writing. But then, did they not expect the biggest pen nerd on the planet? She's literally taking it apart instead of tossing it on the desk and grabbing a new one, which is precisely what the people listening are like, are you fucking serious right now? Is she taking the pen apart? What a nerd. <laughs> Who does this? But I, I do that all the time, man. Like, whenever like a, a, a ballpoint isn't working, I get so annoyed by it 
that I, I always end up taking that thing apart. No Maybe shit. Maybe that's why I like the X-Files so much. Oh, yeah, dude. I, Maybe well, that's why. That's a, that's a leap. I like it. There's two <laughs> tricks. You write on your palm. Yep. And the, the oils of your skin get it going. Or you hold a lighter up to the end of it for about a, a second, second and a half. And you, know will, what, uh, you know what works flawlessly? Getting a new pen. I put it down and I grab the other pen. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I ain't got time for that shit, son. <laughs> well, you'll never find the goddamn bug, Dean. How's That's that true. Feel? That's true. I'll be fucked, dude. They're still listening to you. Imagine imagine if people had to listen to me multiple times a week. What would happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it's so great, though, that just like still shot of her looking at this, this weird electronic-y looking thing she pulled out of her pen. Looks awesome, dude. All and the little that, things on it. <laughs> yep. And that kicks right to Mulder. He, dude, I love old... this. I love how Mulder has to phone a friend. He's like, we're in too deep. Call DT. <laughs> the bat signal. I know. I know. He's like, I'm scared. Is that the best way? Is that the best method? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm no, uh, I'm no counter intel expert. <laughs> but putting up a very distinct colored light into your window <laughs> of your actual home <laughs> seems, uh, I don't know, seems yeah. a little... Well, on the nose. A bit conspicuous, you're suggesting. Maybe. Yeah. Well, he does go to see DT at night. They talk baseball, Camden Yards, and how we can get to any park in the country. They're just kind of shooting the shit here for a minute, but Mulder just levels with him after the pleasantries, doesn't he? And he says, who is listening to us? To which DT does not give an answer. He just hands him a package and tells Mulder that he's on a dangerous path. Yep. And, dude, uh, we've seen it, I think, a time or two already by now. But, man, I, I've spent a, a good amount of time in D.C. I was, you know, I lived down only about an hour away from there for, for about a year when I was going through a, a certain aspect of training. And we, we would go up to D.C., like, for the night or, like, for a weekend if we ever got one. And, man, I'm not going to lie. Like, being out around those monuments at night, there's, there's a— f- You feel the shadow conspiracy? Oh, dude, I always thought about like, (laughs) I always thought about like meeting somebody like, you know, in front of a reflecting pool or it's like, oh man, I just fucking love that shit. Like you're in the heart of American democracy in in these, (laughs) you know, it it comes back so much to the Watergate stuff and the the deep throat that, that is the, you know, the, the name origin of the character we're looking at. Right. It's so, but it's so fucking cool. It's played good effect. You just want to step out of the shadow of the Washington monument and be like, here's the microfiche. (laughs) (laughs) And then like get into a cab and get out and get to another cab. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, Mulder reads this report that he was given, doesn't he? It's, the Iraq, I guess the transcript on the communique. Yeah, transcript, and we don't know if he there's an actual audio file, but they kind of play it for the audience at least. Yeah, and then Scully bursts in with some rad police work, doesn't she? The truck is bogus, Ranheim's bogus, the manifest is shit, his weight was way off, something was in the truck, and it's not Otto Bartz. Nobody ever reported him. He also lied about being in the Gulf War. His name is Frank Druce. Not to be confused with Frank Dukes from Bloodsport. He was a Black Beret Special Ops in Mosul. I think that's how you say that. Uh, and he didn't get sick last night. He's been to the VA three times in the past year. God damn! God damn, Scully's elite. <laughs> <laughs> Actual investigative police work. Not bad. I like it. 
Yep. Mulder is fucking furious because with that information, you, he's already onto something yeah, so and that pissed. just sets him off, man. We, yep. f- we had it and we let it go. I love that feeling. I mean, if it wasn't a little goofy, I mean, it's a little goofy, but you get past that and you go, awesome. I just love the idea of that as, as a writing tool as well in thrillers or, or crime dramas or political stuff or spy films, which is we have him, we had the guy right here and he's gone now. I like that, ugh, that feeling. Yep. Out of reach. The, you know, yeah, you have to look past the why didn't they look in the back of the truck sure. and why the fuck are they trucking this thing across the U.S.? <laughs> but it, whatever, it doesn't matter. The, the, that just feeling of like, oh my God, it was, he was right literally here. there. Yep. M- Mulder's passion, this, this quest, this crusade of his, mm. and he was so close, and they let it slip away. You see that a lot in a spy film where they're trying to nab a target, and he just, they just can't grab him. He gets into a car or on a plane, or there's a security checkpoint you can't bypass. <clears throat> I love it. But this, uh, all of this leads to some more theorizing that whatever was shot down four days ago by an Iraqi pilot is likely being transported by truck with Ranheim driving, who was a perfect driver for this job because of his expertise, to some lab in the U.S. somewhere. Um, you know, the weight being off, the military has transported things in unmarked trucks in the past. Mulder laughs about, this is great out of Duchovny, this laugh in the middle of it as he realizes who he sounds like, the crazy lone gunman. <laughs> it's, it's a good piece of acting. And... Um, he says he has a source. He was guided away from, he's guided away from, he's guided us away from harm, he's telling Scully. Because Scully's skeptical, right? A source? What's that mean? I don't know the source. He's kept DT's identity and all that stuff very secretive from her. He's protected him. He doesn't want to betray that trust. And she and, says, and- hey, listen, we work for the AFBI and we're being bugged. What does that tell you? Not everything is as it appears, Mulder says. And she says, exactly. I love yep. that. God, that's good. And and she says, Scully, the mm-hmm. the professional agent on the up and up, who you know only a handful of months ago, like you know, we're unsure exactly how the timeline works without researching it, but you know, not that long ago, she was sent down to essentially spy on Mulder and debunk him, and now she's in it. And then she says, "You're the only one I trust." And Mulder says, "Then you'll have to trust me." Indeed. Be- because he wants it, like, that's the, that's what I love about the Mulder character is that he is so intelligent and he is so, you know, he can see connections that, yeah, some sometimes they're convenient for writing-wise, but he sees the, 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 the lines that aren't always obvious and how they're, how things are connected and whatever. He's, he's the flake, as, uh, as we might talk about in our other show. Um, right. But he sees that shit, but he he has so much passion for it that he can put those blinders on and he can, he can sometimes fall down a line that's being fed to him. And that's, that's where Scully's like, "Uh, yeah, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Sure about that? It's awesome. I also love the, does she say it here or later when she says they can, they can use your passion against you. Do you, do you see that? I think that's later. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it comes up quite yet, but but they're already kind of into that uh, right. into that news. Well, the truck's headed west, isn't it? They decide they'll need to intercept it, so they plan to meet up in about an hour because Mulder has a, a side quest to do, which I guess is interrupted by DT anyway, which is my assuming that he was going to go see him. And he's just in his house like a creep. Yeah. Oh, I cut your main breaker. 
Oh, really? Really? He goes into the super's office. He's like, which one is number 17? He goes down there. He starts flicking the wrong breakers and shit, turning off the wrong people's lights till he gets the right one. But what a could cre- you, what a couldn't you just move. not turn the lights on? I know. I know. What did he think was going to happen? They were going to turn them by themselves? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, he just doesn't want uh, doesn't want the light to come on when Mulder walks in the apartment because yeah. that won't look suspicious if anybody's trailing Mulder and he walks into a dark apartment. Yeah, exactly. In but, the chat, uh, Eliza M says, "Fan reasoning: If the alien technology messes with cars steering so much, transporting it in a plane risks a crash that could draw more attention than a road accident. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not a bad like little that. parachute for the writing. I like that. I like it. We need more apologists. Yeah, come on in. Come on in." Put your, put your feet in. up, Eliza. Thank you, Eliza. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and he just says, listen, DT gives Mulder a photo and more info, and he says 17 UFOs were spotted in an hour at Fort Benning, Georgia. Mulder thanks DT for all his help. Nice play, by the way. I, I like this. I think this is also good writing because Mulder essentially gets close to, to DT, and he just says, I really thank you for all your help, and he really lays it on, and he's trying to read DT. He's trying to read DT's response here. That's definitely what he's doing. Awesome. Because Scully's in his head. Yep. Even when Mulder kind of brushes her off, that's we see that a lot. And I love that. That even when he kind of has that knee jerk like reaction of, you know, whatever fucking bug up up his ass on a particular case, we see it a lot where the next scene, whatever she told him when she was trying to, you know, walk him down into the world of rationality, it affects him. Right. And it affects his, like, okay, you know, and we see that he doesn't have to say it. He doesn't have to, like, be obvious about it. We just see it. And that's, again, that's good writing. Absolutely. And, and it's also great that Deep Throat doesn't give him anything. Yeah. Just kind of kind of gives him a half-second pause, and he's gone. Right. He's word. dead inside from murdering that alien baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, he shows Scully. She calls it a fake immediately. And she points out shadow inconsistencies, which Mulder tries to play off. She points out color and reflection inconsistencies, which Mulder is not having. We should have it analyzed, she suggests. And Mulder gets upset because Scully doesn't want to play, so he takes his ball and he goes home. But before (laughs) he leaves, this is the moment where Scully says, I have never met anyone so passionate and dedicated to a belief as you, but there are others watching you. And who know what I know. I admire and respect your passion, but they will use it against you. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Man, that's good. It's so good. Oh, dude, that's what I... Leave that, it to a is, woman to fucking know his... Just know his deepest weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what... That's the... More than anything, that is what I love most about this this episode, is how they... You know the the play of the the truth hidden in lies, the lies overlapping truth. That is such a cool fucking thing for mm-hmm. the conspiracy, for the the mythology of the show. How you know how Mulder's sources are never like a hundred percent trustworthy. We never completely understand their motivations. That is like that is my favorite thing about the mythology. Before you know, and I, I don't want to beat it at horse because I've said it so many times on other episodes, but before they get to the point where they're just like stretching things to the max to mm. to continue to like pull those threads out, when it's just like a the shadowy source that's given something, but we don't really know why he's given it, and then especially here where he just, he ends up being straight up involved. 
and right. like just straight lying to him, just straight lying and misleading Mulder. <laughs> like, so awesome. That is awesome. I love that it. Is, I love that. I love that an ally that he trusted so long is just not just lying, but actually giving him fucking bullshit evidence to, to throw yeah. him off. Yep. Very cool. Well, Scully so. pours some coffee and uses non-dairy creamer. I wonder how well that industry is doing with all the like alternatives now, like skim and fucking all that shit. Anyway, Mulder shows up, says the photo's fake. He's a bit dejected. He's not happy, but he respected Scully enough to check again. Yeah, kind of see the same thing. Like he stormed out all pissed off yep. and then it settled in. Like the passion's calmed and he, he followed up on what she said and yeah, it is bogus. The photo's oh, bogus. Bogus. And Deep Throat meets Mulder at the aquarium. Mm, near the shark tank, bitch. Near Mulder, the shark tank. Mulder better not get in that shark tank, huh? What do you think of that mm. metaphor? I like it. But um, Mulder tells him, um, I know it was fake, and DT says, yeah, I had to divert you. Some secrets should remain secret. Truths that some people are not ready to know. The world's reaction to such knowledge would be far too dangerous. This is what they don't want you to know. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and Mulder has a great response. There, There's some great... <clears throat> ah, that's good. There's just some great lines in this episode. You know, when he talks about, you know... When, when the will world, it end and stuff. When like, when yeah. will it end? When will, when will you know, the... And I, I didn't write it down. Men like word. you, I believe. Men like you will stop. When, when will men like you not be the ones that define what truth is? Mm. Indeed. He asks why, why bother to show him the truth about the Iraqi pilot? And this is some deep, this is epic level spy shit. Yeah. Right? This, this, this is, line. This is a lie is most convincingly hidden between two truths. Stop. Fucking so good. Awesome. Mulder, I'm going to be a creep now. If a stock shop swimming, it will die. Don't stop swimming. Yeesh. I wasn't responsible for the electronic experience, and oh, they right. can still hear you. Which sends a guy like Mulder into a house-tossing, bug-searching, frantic frenzy. By the way, I hate that the electrician installed his sockets upside down. It pisses me off. <laughs> so fucking annoying. The ground wires above the, the uh, 120 prongs there. <laughs> fucking stupid. But anyway... There's probably an electrician who'll tell me why they do that sometimes. It's so annoying. But um, he finds it, doesn't he? Yeah. And the counterintelligence game is on when Scully shows up. This is the shit. Yeah, I love the shit. I love the the, the somebody's listening, having to write things down. and you Or know. When misleading them. That's my favorite. When you know they're listening, when you find the bug, and you just use it to sow, dis, to, to just sow disinformation into all of their ranks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it's funny because it's almost like it's almost like the the idea now with with hacking and international intrigue and in our current state of affairs, which is, you know, they're going to find information anyway. So what we'll do now is just flood so much misinformation. Since you're going to get everything anyway through your computers and all your secret ways, we'll just put so much shit out there that you'll have to sift through so much of it just to get to the truth. Like, and how how much is that like what Deep Throat said? Mm-hmm. You know, in a very different way, a very different context. But sure, truth works best concealed between two lies. You know, <laughs> or a it's mountain a, of 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 uh, of them on the internet, right? Yeah, but it's the same kind of idea of Absolutely. like 
if people are going to find the truth, have them find a bunch of bullshit too and not know what to believe. Because you know why? Because it's easy for any one of us to know about the 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 fucking siege of Vicksburg, even though we don't really know about it other than what we're reading. So we don't have the brain capacity to discern all of the information. We can't disseminate it because we're not experts. Because yeah. we're just pulling it out of our asses, i.e. Google. Fucking wild, bro. Let's go rent a car. It's, it's good shit. And they they get into some, like, this is some real fucking, like, counter, mm. counter-espionage kind of stuff they, they get into here. This is sick. I like right? it. Yeah. I like this. The, the, they're, they're doing double switches to ditch their tails, right? Yep. She, yep. She, I mean, Scully is a master. She's like a goddamn spy master. She's like, yeah. give me a plane ticket to Chicago, then also buys one to LA with a stop in Vegas via cash. Like, yeah, for, for sure pre-9-11, by the way. I know, I, right? <laughs> I think that's a red flag. <laughs> if you're buying multiple tickets with like credit card versus cash on, <laughs> in person at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the, the girl yeah. goes to see her supervisor and they're like, well, she is white. Hmm. She is white. She is hot. white. She is a woman. She's dressed well. I don't know. We better pull her in anyway. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Mulder notices his tail, loses him at a light, I guess, slips away, goes to the Baltimore airport himself, and I guess they meet in Vegas. Is that what I'm, I'm trying to discern that? I, I couldn't really piece together what airport they were at. Mm. But they, they are at an airport. I assume they flew there, and it's not still like a local airport it could be i think it's vegas because they want to get near seattle so they're going to intercept it coming up that way okay all right i think but yeah they're i mean they're they're carrying the act on still they're in like you know one of those little news shops and perusing you know magazines or whatever and kind of like talking to each other subtly very like spy movie shit dude when he, yeah, when he, she's, she's looking past him. It's a cool shot with the binoculars while he talk. Oh God, it's just spy boners for days. Yeah. Yeah. They post up, they do a straight up like, uh, you know, little listening spot for mm. this truck. Like they, they, they get some Intel that it's on this route. It's going from here to here and they post up and they start watching for it. I don't know if they're looking for the tags. You know, they definitely have the tags if that's what, what it is they're going off of. They have, they've seen the truck they've before. They've seen the truck, yep. It's the so, uh, 9283 Junction, just in case there's real nerds out there who want to know where. Like all the little details. I happen to write that one down. But uh, yeah, this is just cool. And then uh, the inexplicable happens. Yeah. Bright white light. The of the weird electrical stuff, the radio jumping, the car dying, you know, they have to kind of slam on the brakes. Have you ever been in a car when it loses electrical power? Or oh yeah. Have you ever like accidentally, like I remember one time I was driving and I was so fucking tired mm. and I had like my knee kind of up and I hit the key with my knee <laughs> on the highway, kind of like, you know, going through like a slow turn going like 75 and it like locked up the steering wheel at like 75. Cool. <laughs> and to just like basically slam on the brakes and like coast into the, the you know, pullover lane or whatever. I was like, oh, okay. Nice. Need to, uh, need I to had a vehicle lose power um, while driving and I that, don't remember why that happened, but I remember not the brakes so much, but the power steering, dude. 
I felt like oh, I was yeah. driving a car from 1943. It was like trying to turn the fucking wheel. Yeah, to, that's why. I mean, I still could have, I still could have technically steered, but I was so like rattled and like in the yeah, turn that exactly. like the it felt like the 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 wheel was locked. It wasn't, but yeah, but yeah, time. that uh, they pull over. Their the truck looks like it's like, kind of jackknifed around, and mm. they run over. They're calling out to to um. Randstein, I keep wanting to say Rammstein. Ranheim. It's funny they're still calling him by the name they know is fake, mm-hmm. right? They, they know his real name is Frank Druce, right? I think maybe right? they don't want him to know they know. Sure, spy but, um, shit. They're calling out to um, Rammstein, moving around. Duhast, moving around the back of the truck. And uh, then Mulder just goes, finally goes nuts, tearing Dude, into the truck itself. I love, I love him coming through the boxes in the red light. That's slick looking. Yeah, it looks great. And uh, we see quite the surgical table set up. Oh my God, Scully says. I like that reaction from her. Uh, Mulder says it was an extraterrestrial biological life. The titular EBE, Josh. Where did it go? And this is cool because now we see Scully in a position we don't often see her in in the show, right? She's a mm. skeptic, and then eventually, and honestly, by the time it's like believable, it's it's right in front of both of them. But here we see her being like kind of at a loss, and she's like, "Does this, you know, what just happened?" Mulder's like, "I think we just risk, uh, witnessed a rescue operation," and she's like, "Uh, you know, does this fit the profile?" Mm. She, she's she's deferring. To Mulder's "quote unquote" expertise <laughs> about this weird shit, which is really cool, right? To like see her kind of at a loss, and even more interesting is to have Mulder now like dig in and then come up and say, "Bullshit, nope, bullshit." Yep, I like I like Scully saying uh, how she can't stop shaking. That that's that that that's not nothing. That's that's an adrenaline dump. The, and, and not just your regular adrenaline dump, because you know she's saying it regarding this thing that they're stumbling upon. This is a this is a knee sh- a knee shaker, this extraterrestrial madness. I like that a yep. lot. And Mulder being this being this cognizant of like looking at the evidence that he you know previously looked at, like going through that same thing. You know that's that's Scully's effect on him. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's her her skepticism actually having an effect on Mulder. And that's just cool to see these characters influence each other as you would, as they, as they get so close and like, yeah, she's going to have an effect on him. Like, yes, he's the crusader. He's the true believer, but you, he respects her and he has learned a lot from her. And at times he's, he's going to like, take it, take a step back and be like, okay, let's confirm this shit. Mm -hmm. And he goes through the same stuff that we saw him doing. He's got that little reader and he's looking for whatever white alien jizz stuff gets (laughs) like plastered on the ground and he's got his little stopwatches out and yeah, it's bullshit. Bullshit. But then he goes back to a different resource. Yep. I do like... This is cool. You talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. How it's kind of set up. Yeah, this is slick, right? Because so he starts to look into uh, uh, they're in this hotel I guess and he starts to look into these organizations with uh, that that actually have UFO hotlines and he notes all of the reportings more than ever in this area by the way in the and they follow this path of the truck so he's looking at a map corresponding these call-ins to the path of this truck which started in Tennessee 
And uh, after last night, seven sightings, seven sightings in Mattawa, Washington. Looks like they want their colleague back. Um, so yeah, they correspond to the ones that were done earlier by Rammstein. <laughs> Sorry. I like it's it. going to happen. He's going to have a mask and a guitar that shoots fire, I guess, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and uh, they find quite the nerd campsite, don't they? This place, man, a UFO oh, party. Yeah. This is, the, this is like those weirdos on uh, on top of like the skyscraper in <laughs> Independence Day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <too. laughs> when they're like, welcome home, abduct me, whatever. <laughs> they get vaporized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is quite the place. I mean, wow. Yeah. Jeez. They're literally in alien costumes. I know. The, fucking... Some are more subtle than others. It's just like alien <laughs> gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> Drawn to electrical power. They hover over the power plant down there, the man says. And they take a peek with some binoculars. And who do they see? Bennett and din 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 coming out of the gate. Ooh. Yep. He's rolling out Lost. unmolested, Josh. Yeah. Scully notes that the place must have serious security. So Mulder's going to phone a friend again. He's really, he's really leaning on the DM this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, it's a character ability. If you have the character ability, if you have contacts once, or resources. Once per mystery. <laughs> yeah, once per mystery, you can call on your contacts to provide aid. Hacking to get um, into a top secret lab, but only level sure. five. I like but that. I, I like that. I like how they get them in, but not everything. They got to work it. Yep, and I like it too where it's kind of funny. I, I almost forgot, like, this is our first time seeing them where, you know, we get used to them just being so close that they do anything to help each other. Sure. Here, here it's kind of a bargain. It's awesome. Right? He's like, what if I can get you, you know, an actual, like, actual evidence of an ABE? Mm. It's, it's not just like, I need help Front here. page it's, of the Lone Gunman. Yep. It's, I can get you something, and they're like, okay. For photos, boom, they'll do something. Yeah, so they get them, uh, they get the security clearance. In they go, five. parking lot four. And um, can I just say something leading into this sequence, and we'll go through the details of it. I sure. love that they get pinched immediately. Oh, once they're in? Once they're in, they get pinched immediately. Yeah. That The guard is awesome. I mean, he's like, this is weird. And then he's like, nope, nope, you're coming with me. Right away. Because well, one fuck up, right? He should be Dean because I don't know if you saw his sleeve. That's a sergeant major. I, I didn't. I did see his sleeve. That's a sergeant major in E nine. I saw in the United his sleeve. States Army. I saw it. He's done twenty <laughs> to twenty five years, so he can stand fucking door guard duty. <laughs> What's he getting paid for that? <laughs> well, while he's in E nine, he's making seventy seventy five a year. Not bad, right? Probably. 75 a year bad. to guard this alien door. No, but I'm being an ass. But no, it I know is, you are. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it is cool that, like, yeah, they're, because as much as, yeah, they did some good work, they're not fucking, like, secret agents. Right. They're FBI. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's always easy to confuse the two. It's always, to, it's easy to conflate an FBI agent with being a super spy when really they could be like the straight man from Lone Gunman with a beard. Just kind of a geeky <laughs> analyst guy. Look, listening to, you know, whatever fucking, you know, whatever phone they got tapped or looking at your Pornhub searches, you know? Yeah, and when, it, when they walk by and clearly look at the, the level six door and give you a little bit of a weird look and then they stop around the corner, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something weird's going on. And But, but you know, a show, a show will default to them just kind of, a lot of shows will let that kind of behavior go. 
And I'm glad that considering the high tech nature of this particular installation, that it's just not. It's, yeah. it's not going to, you're not going to get away with that flake behavior. You're going to get pinched. And I like Scully's reaction. To yeah. That. Like to Mulder, surrender Mulder, immediately. Yeah, so she doesn't like, get killed. Well, and like, yeah, it makes like, sense, and, right? And also the, hey, same team guys. Jig is up. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Jig is up. You know, this idea that like, oh, we're FBI agents. We're investigating something like she's. I'm sure she's concerned, right? But she's she's not in like mortal she, fear. Yeah, she's exactly. like, all right, we might get some heat for this or whatever. But then Mulder, man, dude, he just bolts. He's a child sometimes. He can't help himself. Yeah, he just bolts. He never, dude. How often does he does he fail to check in with Scully, mislead Scully, not reveal information? Or just fucking leave her in the lurch like that is like such a Mulder thing over and over again. She is the most patient partner oh my of God. all time. Of all time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well. But uh, yeah, we get our little action sequence, if you will, of the episode. These guys uh, look like they just left some sort of military banquet. Yeah, everybody's in uh, everybody's in their service uniforms. It's Mine kinda is nice, kind of slick, right? Just in case yeah. somebody pops down and they say, "What is this?" and they're like, "Oh, it's nothing. We're just here. We we're here for a meeting." <laughs> what is this place? But M sixteens. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, of course, DT's there, and um, you know, Mulder makes his way downstairs, which ends up being upstairs, which is kind of weird. Speaking of travel logistics, in um, some kind of what looks like a. I always say it looks like a hangar garage, but to me, it looks like a Star Trek set from the original series. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yep. And man, this is cool. This is a cool scene too, because when he runs to the tank, he stopped the gunpoint. DT dismisses the MPs. And I love when he just says, I know how badly you want to look through that window, but it'd be pointless. It's dead. And it gives him pause. There's something about that that is intriguing to me knowing what we know about Mulder's passion to want to look in there so bad and the patience and that we can almost feel it by knowing how bad he wants to look in that window. We can feel it knowing yep. the character. And I just love that. And I love that they keep it in the background of every shot. Yeah. So, so like you teasing continue. You. <laughs> yeah. You, you feel that like that drive, but Mulder knows that ultimately deep throat, whether or not he's going to believe it, he has more information than there is inside that window. Sure. And we get a kind of a monologue here. We get an info dump. We do. I jotted some of it down because I thought it was pretty important. Fired up. But he basically, I'll paraphrase some and quote some, but post Roswell, there was a conference assembled with um, all the countries that, you know, matter in world politics. And, um, it was agreed that any EB survived, that any EBE survivor, crash survivor, whatever country it landed in, would be responsible for the destruction of said creature. Um, DT says that he's one of three men to have exterminated such a creature. I think he says Vietnam, an innocent and blank expression that haunted me forever. After I guess the Marine shot down this 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 UFO, and um, until I find you, that's why I come to you. Until I found you. Um, he says, this is why I come to you, to atone for what I've done. Maybe some t- somehow through you, sometime, the truth will be known. And I just like that. I like that DT has a character motivation now. He's, he's, he, he, it means immediately in this scene becomes more, more relatable, more rounded, not just a shadowy government figure, which he is, but, a shad- but he's still a person. He's still a man. 
And we know that he has some emotional baggage here because he murdered this thing by orders of the government in this secret council that met regarding crashes. And he feels terrible about it. And as a result of that, he's been working all this time, however he could, and now through Mulder, to atone for that by doing what is, quote, right. The virtuous right. If you believe it. If you believe it. Because you're right, man. It's great. And it, it is humanizing. And it is like a, we've, this is the first time we get any kind of like sense of what is Deep Throat's motivation for helping Mulder, for risking anything, for, for whatever. But we, we've already he seen in up. this episode, yep. he's lied to him. And, and he's literally there, the man in charge, not like in the shadows, not secretly manipulating. He's there as the authority figure. He's got level six, it. baby. He's <laughs> at level six straight up. Um, and uh, you know, Mulder takes that that walk over, that silent walk over to the window to look in at that empty hospital bed oh, and bathed in the red punch. light. Dick punch. Dick punch. And then walking out, you know, then it looks very much hangerish as they as yeah. they're walking out of there and You're Sergeant awfully Major- quiet, Mr. Mulder. Scully gets brought down by Sergeant Major Dorgard and <laughs> as, <laughs> as uh, That's awesome. As Deep Throat is uh talking to Mulder there. Yeah, you are awfully quiet. And Mulder says <sighs> the only thing he says to Deep Throat It's a good one. I'm wondering which lie to believe. Nice. And I like the Deep Throat here. I like when whenever Mulder calls him out on bullshit, he doesn't layer lies on it. He's just like Yep. 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 You're on to it. You're on to it, pal. And um, that that DT shit walking away into the fog, man, that's awesome. Oh, it's X-Files as fuck. It's so X-Files. <laughs> I love it, dude. DT waited to walk away until he saw the fog roll over, and he's like, this is the moment. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me pull my trench coat tight and walk away mysteriously, disappearing into the foggy night. He was sitting there nervously on his fucking... And his weather app, just hoping, <laughs> hoping this would all line up right. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and that ends the episode. And that's it, man. That's you TV. feel the dick kick. Yep, don't you? God, that's good <sighs> stuff. Hey, Josh, um, how did the? Uh, do you want to jump over some listener comments that you curated this week? <laughs> oh, the listener comments, which I, yeah, well, peek behind the curtain. Um, good old. Josh completely failed to post anything for listener comments. We, we, did, we, uh, we succeed and fail together, sir. You're not going to shoulder it by yourself. <laughs> well, you do a lot of shows. It's kind of the one thing I'm supposed to do is at least throw this up. But um, we did get one, which, uh, well, we got a few, but one right. relevant. Aaron Fallon. Love this app, but the one thing weighing heavily on my mind is I'm the only one who's convinced each time I watch that the truck driver is the clever girl guy from Jurassic Park. No. And he he does kind of look like him. Yeah. He has. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Aaron caught on to this. Exact same shotgun. Whoa. Exact That's right. He has a pistol grip shotgun. pump, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. It didn't have the fold-out fucking stock, though. Right, right. Yeah. That's He's not that you. much of a badass. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, no listener comments. No listener comments. but that. Dude... Final thoughts? Ah, oh, man, EB is awesome. There's a lot going on with EBE. It's perfect spy shit. 
we usually weigh mystery of mystery. I'm so fucking wrapped up in mystery. Monster of the week with, what am I trying to say? Mythology. Thank you. And I like that, you know, this is monster of the week-ish, but it also titillates you with conspiratorial underpinnings without going way too deep. And that's something that I really like about it because this is a, this shadow play stuff is very intriguing to me, even though I'm an admitter, I'm an admitted monster of the week preferer, which this still kind of is, but it flirts with the themes of the spy novel that I love. And that's one of the things I like about it. Not just that, but it's written very well. There's great character moments for all of them. And we get our first look at the Lone Gunman. So top-notch episode. I, uh, if I say, uh, hey, didn't like, like, and loved, I'm going to say I love this episode. And I don't think I've said that in a while. So I'm, I'm pumped about this. Yeah, I'm going to follow up with that. I love it. I love EBE. And uh, for the reasons you said, and I'm just going to kind of echo off you. We, we've both come out in the past many times saying, like, in general, we prefer Monster of the Week. But here is where I love mythology. And here is where, and for a while after this, too, where the mythology is great because I love that conspiratorial element. And, you know, there are better mythology episodes for sure. But in terms of like actually the cloak and dagger and the the source and the lies and the truth, there might not be a better example of of that in X Files than in EBE. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and I, man, I love it. I love it a lot. Me too. Next time we're talking Miracle Man, dude. Yeah, getting that religious touch. In love that. it. I don't remember it, but I love charlatan shit like this i love the southern hey, hey come on blah, blah, blah. I, I love that dirty swanky sketchy shit uh, it's i think yeah. it's a great breeding ground for storytelling now i don't remember if this episode is any good or not so i guess we'll see we will see and uh i'm gonna throw something out there if you don't mind i don't mind so i haven't um we never really in general panhandle our shit much on the x-files podcast because i think we're just Enjoy doing it, and it's fun. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you something, Dean. Dude, the last week, I uh, I did a couple reviews for podcasts that I like so much that I give them money. I fucking... There's podcasts I like so much that I give them money. I'm a patron. And Me too. And I realized today I had never fucking reviewed them. I never reviewed their podcast because I hate iTunes and Apple so much. I never fucking downloaded iTunes onto my new computer. Hmm. So I'll just throw that out there. We don't ask, you know, for a lot of shit, whatever. But, um, you know, if you're listening and you like it. What, what podcast did you review? I reviewed like five podcasts. Oh, did too. you? Is there yeah, one you want to I, shout I, out? Um, uh, I guess the two main ones are Decipher Sci-Fi and Feeling Film. There you go. Are the two, like the most I feel uh, a personal connection with mm-hmm. a couple of the others. Um, honestly don't need my help. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, you mean the Bill Burr fucking podcast is going to yeah. tank unless yeah, you review him. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> the, <laughs> the ones with a million downloads a month, they're okay. <laughs> um, but you know, man, like uh, it's tough in this world and it, it does help. Like uh, if maybe you look at reviews before you you know, check out a podcast. Maybe you don't, but it is a it is a thing. And uh, that's cool. You know, if you're looking the look up in that uh, rearview mirror, if you're if you're driving, and you're listening to us or whatever, and 
you know, ask yourself, are you a piece of shit? Mm-hmm. And if you're not a piece of shit, maybe the thing you should do is give us a give us a review. You know, I was even thinking, if you know, can I say something before you? Even yeah. if, as you were saying that, I thought to myself when you said, "Look in your rear view," and I expected you to go the route of EBE and say, "And if you see." <laughs> If you see our faces in the rear view following you in a car with a menace about us, it's probably time to review us so we don't run you off the road and murder you. And if I could, I'd like to to close out with a review. Oh, really? You're going to read one? Yeah, if I could. All right. Well, we'll we'll say goodbye now. And at the end of this review, we'll 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 outro. That's it. Strong, strong exit. We will catch you guys next time for Miracle Man. Um, but until then, oh, well, I was all set to gorge into a perceivedly promising podcast, especially those going over the X-Files mythology when I heard the first of many subsequent more gratuitously delivered F-bombs. From then on, it was a no-brainer for me to unsubscribe once the number and frequency of this very same F-bomb word reached greater than five within seconds. Searching around for other similar podcasts, I found enough alternates with clean language. Perhaps I've become very, quote-unquote, old school. There's a lot of quote-unquotes in this. Pertaining to have been happy the first nine seasons, had mostly clean, intelligent language. Can I just interject? God, that's so weak. Don't, don't, you know, if you want to come at us, then come at us. Don't hide behind old school. Just, just fucking go, man. Be stronger than that. Have some conviction. It gets better. It gets better. This is then, great. On season 10, short stack, I did notice a slight language degradation with both Mulder and Scully noticeably swearing, albeit infrequently, and no, quote unquote, F bombs. I know today's lobotomized society <laughs> does use an inordinately <laughs> needless large amount of offenseless language and swearing. Perhaps chemtrails, heavy metals, municipal water, use of aluminum byproducts, fluoride, etc. This et is not real. The forms of central nervous system, CNS depressants, had need caused us to a decently large vocabulary to be articulate enough with only infrequent swearing stemming from loss of cognitive processes in our brains and rising in swearing. Lowering vocabulary could be the result. Person I consider swearing a form of verbal assault. I've already unsubscribed, yet I felt it necessary to cry willfully, degrading a language so beautiful, so properly used as English. Yup, I've seen the light, and it ain't nobody's friend. Sadly so. Is it one star? I'm sorry. Two stars. Two is that stars. is that a listener trolling us that actually likes us? No, dude, I don't think so, because I actually went down a rabbit hole. You, you checked look- their reviews. I checked their reviews, dude. I do that all the time. And they gave a bunch of five-star reviews, and all of the five-star reviews said, great podcast, clean, decent language. Huh. Like, that's a, this is a Like, I love reading these. This is fun to me. I think it's awesome. (laughs) But I do wish I could, I could appeal that to to iTunes just on principle that you're complaining about swearing on an e-explicit podcast. That's just so stupid that it should even get through. And by the way, whenever I was kind of yelling, they used a lot of capitals, a lot of... <laughs> you, you, because just, they love just, the language so much? Hey, it, read it read it in its, its, its true nature because the actual writing is even better than I could read it. And while you're there, give us a review. Nice. Well, we'll fucking catch you around next time, you motherfucking fucking cunt ass <laughs> bitches. Cunts. <laughs> that person needs to get out of their fucking basement. <laughs> <laughs>